Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Oh, this oh. is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where uh, every week we um, we get into a different album by a different artist and then we rank their albums and this is what this episode is. We are ranking all of these Sublime records and we're also going to be kind of ranking and talking about their live records, comps, and EPs because they have so many of them. So that's what we're doing and then the main episode is going to be about 40 Ounces to Freedom from Sublime. My name is Tyler and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Um, yeah, go go to iTunes, go re- rate, review, and subscribe uh, to us. I already said that. Uh, we also have a voicemail, so call us, give us, leave us a voicemail. Uh, the phone number is 503-893-5307. And, uh, and I will, we will see this much faster than last time. We won't ignore you like we ignored somebody who left, the, left us a voicemail way back in Jay. August. Poor Jay. Feel bad for him, but I'm glad he listens. And I'm glad everybody is listening. So let's just jump right Dude, into I'm this, like Jeff. I'm barely listening. You're taking forever. I know. It's, this intro is way too fucking long. So let's just jump right into this. We're going to um, rank the three Sublime records and then talk about everything else. So let's get into it. Jeff, go. Right, okay. Go. Well, that's totally not how we're going to do this. But um, so Then explain. Well, well, what we're, what the we're, thing we're, is, we're, you didn't jump we're, in. We're, you did not jump we're, in to correct me. You let me say the same thing twice. What and you did not I want to hear so the same songs twice. I was thinking that when I said it. <laughs> so what we're gonna do is just go through all of the releases, all of the big ten, the big ten, you know, like the football conference, college conference, and then we're just mm-hmm. gonna go through them mm-hmm. and then uh, talk a little bit about them because I wanted to at least touch upon everything. And at the very end, when we go into the album of the week, then we can just rank the top. We can we can we can rank them real quick because we will we will have okay. already talked about them. You know. Very true. Very true. Okay, so uh, number ten, um, Three Ring Circus live at the Palace. This was a 2013 yes. release, re- recorded in 1995. Uh, Brad had died seven months after this came out, after it was recorded. Sorry, and it was uh, listening through it. It was it was a good show. It wasn't a total mess, and it was pretty well held together. And as we can see in some other things. There are some live recordings of Brad that you can. Like, it's it's bad, it's bad. But this was yeah, solid. This was cool. This was more reggae and, and jammy than anything else that I, that I would. I was. What do you open right there? Is that a buddy? No, I'm. I've had to steer away from the beer for right now because we got a monster buzzing too hard, too much. That monster man, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. To yeah, and they get a little four loco thing going on. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is uh this was solid. I, I really like this 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 live album. Uh, my favorite, I guess, if, if we're doing. Did you do favorite songs on all these two? Um, I didn't do it on the live ones because I was I was so burnt out because it was like the same songs. I was just hearing the same songs. Oh, okay, so you don't like Sublime that much anymore. So my favorite oh my, uh, my favorite song, <laughs> I guess, uh, Garden Grove. I, I love yeah. the band playing, like the song with little electronic help. And yeah. I love when he says fucking reggae party instead of funky reggae party. And it just makes me think of, of 
like that's how Brad probably wanted it, but the label probably pressured them into changing the line for their self-titled release because they don't say fucking reggae party. But all like other times you hear him play it live or acoustic, he always says fucking reggae party. Yeah, that and, makes sense with the record label, and especially because because the album didn't come out till after he died, and some of the finishing touches were done by like Miguel, for instance. He he sings on a song or two because they just needed more harms or changed something. And Brad obviously wasn't around, but live at the palace. Mm. That's a good, it was a good live album, 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 album. Yeah. I thought this one was, um, I thought it was better than the, the, at least it was better than the, uh, the other full band live record. It was more put held together. That was, that was, I think the word you used was held together or words you used. Um, it was long though. I think what was it was like twenty four songs or something like. It that? It was over an hour long, and that's like <laughs> yeah, with no banter or anything. Is just song. So, yeah, because like what I did, I, I listened to the comps first, and then I listened to the live records. Or no, I listened to the EPs, the comps, and then the live records. And by this point, I was just like, dude, I've heard this song like yeah. four times already. You no, know, at just, least four times. Some of the yeah. remixes and stuff, you hear these songs yeah, like eight, so nine much. times. And the thing is, like, I'll, we'll get into it on the comps, I guess, but. Yeah, it just it, it was good, but I, I was kind of burnt out at this point. So there you go. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. I mean, you 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 hit the nail on the head on a lot of it, and it's just, it was a good live record, solid live record. I didn't even know this. I do. I don't. Did we talk about this when it came out? Because I don't remember this ever being brought up. I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't, so I don't know. This is before like the pod days, but this is something we should have I don't know talked about at least. Yeah. separately but i don't know I, I don't remember this coming out at all i and i and i totally forgot about it until just this week yeah i, yeah, I didn't know about it so there you go three ring circus right. what was what, what's next then next one will be bradley nolan friends this one was released in 98 and mm-hmm. um just just a comp of live stuff that brad did and this was recorded over the course of like five years so this is this is kind of what I'm talking about. Some of the things that Brad does are a fucking total disaster. And I don't know it's if it's just cool. if he's like drunk, if he's high, if he's just nervous. I don't know what it is, but I have to think it's a little bit of everything cuz some of the songs on there like he forgets words, he forgets where he's going, he forgets what fucking song he plays. Like it's a complete disaster, but it's that earnest kind of setting is what makes it what makes it really cool. Yeah. And I don't know why it's called Bradley Nolan Friends because it's pretty much just Brad. No, no, there's some there. Uh, there are quite a few people singing on some of the songs. Well, there's people. No, there's like two or three songs that people are singing on. Everything else is. Are you sure? It's just like him on acoustic guitar. I this was my this was my favorite of the live records. I liked that it was kind of a mess. It was like more candid and more earnest, I guess you could say. And because uh, some of the songs are just kind of like. As a full band, they're just kind of whatever, but there it's a whole new it's a whole new thing when it's just him and the acoustic guitar. And some of these songs are much better. Um, but my favorite one off of this one is "Rivers of Babylon." That was really good. That was by far the best one on this this record. Bradley Knowles, Bradley Nolan friends. That is not that is not true. That is by that, well, far it the is. best. Um, uh, it is definitely what, one of the best. But the best song is "Little District." This oh, that's is, a good one too. That's a good one too. This is fucking unbelievable. This is. Uh, this is another cover that he did. And like one thing I like about Sublime and Brad is how many covers they've always done of just things they like to listen to. And they don't even care. Like they, 
they do so many damn covers that some of their music just like blends in and you never even know when their music stops or starts and then it just it goes on forever and they give credit where credit is due and they love ripping people off and they always they talk about it in <laughs> song and they say oh yeah that was from this and that was from this like they just like playing music they like listening to music and they just like having fun so yeah, I had the uh, I had Bradley Nolan Friends on CD, and I, I remember always liking it growing up. But I hadn't really revisited it until today. I mean, this week really. I, it's been years since I had listened to this one, but it was cool. It was good. I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. The other live records, not so much. Well, not so much. Well, the next one is Stand by Your Van. This is yeah. uh, another live one. This is 1998. This one was recorded from different shows from like 94 to 96 at different places. And -hmm. this was also released on MCA. And so like after Brad died, MCA was trying to get them to release more albums per their contract. And and that's kind of like why Long Beach Dub All-Stars came out so they can release music. But this was also an MCA. And I wonder like if this was a band decision or if this was something that MCA just put out and gathered from whatever live recordings they already owned and threw them in like a live comp and released it because it's definitely not nearly as good as live at the palace it's disjointed doesn't flow very well the song choices they use like the sequencing doesn't make a whole yeah. lot of sense sometimes so i don't yeah it's a me- it's a I mess of like record this. i think it's probably that I, it's probably it was probably put together by the record label to fulfill the contract because the band clearly didn't want to at the time, make new music as Sublime. So how the fuck you can't even get out of your contract in death? Damn, I know, right? Isn't that fucked up? Damn, so fucked up. I mean, especially considering Bradley was the he was Sublime, really. I mean, Eric and Butter, amazing musicians, but it was all Bradley. Come on, yeah, yeah. So, but Stand yeah. by Your Van, I just, I, I honestly, I, I'll never go back to it, ever. I just, it's too disjointed. It's not. The performances are are sloppy, a lot sloppier than they are in uh, Three Rings, Three Ring Circus. So yeah, I just I won't go back to it. I probably won't either. This was um this was really disappointing. I've 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 listened to this one too quite a few times, and I've never disliked it as much as I did this week. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, next one is Secondhand Smoke '97. This uh, this one's really cool. I like this one a lot, and I I like pretty much everything besides the EPs from here on out. I like a lot, but uh, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff on here that's from the beginning of Sublime stuff they were doing like the late '80s, and yeah. pretty much all the way until when Brad died. And again, MCA like forcing them to release more more albums as per their contract. So I don't I don't know, but that song Romeo that's a super early song. That's mm-hmm. like late '80s, one of the first things they actually recorded. And did as a band and 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 mastered and everything. And it's a fucking damn good song, and this is that a really is cool one. comp. I don't know. It was it was better than the other comp that we're going to talk about, but I feel like it, this is another one of those things where like it's not cohesive and it just it lacks a lot of it. And I just made me realize a lot of things or some things about this band I don't really like. There's not and that, that shouldn't it, like it kind of annoyed head, me. But. It kind of annoyed me. So uh, what what I annoyed know, you? We'll get into it when we get into the main Fucking album. Fucking guy, he hates the new album. I don't hate that. What new album? The one they we're talking about. Yeah, they have, they have since we've been talking right now. The new album is the one we. Oh, they just put a new yet. one out. Oh, it just dropped. Okay, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no secondhand smoke. I mean, I just don't. It was just a lot. It's B sides, you know. It it's that's what it be. It, they're B sides to Forty Ounces to Freedom. That's what they are. So yeah, uh, I honestly I'll never go back to secondhand smoke. Um, but. 
I did like Superstar Panani a lot. That was a good one. Uh, Romeo, like you said, that was a good one too. But Superstar Panani was was my favorite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once again, the stuff they did prior to Forty Ounces, I I don't really I'm not into. So there you go. I don't know. I don't have anything else. And you don't like Forty Ounces of Freedom. The next one is the I What do I Got like EP. 40, oh my god. This oh one was like 96, God. 97. I think this came out after they're self-titled. This was, uh, this was, this was like the record label. I think so because I think both of their EPs came out after the album that they should have came out beforehand. Because like an EP, you think generally you think that a band doesn't have enough material, so they put out an EP to get you pumped yeah. for the album. But this is like the opposite. This is like they're putting out EPs to get you pumped for the album they had released. Yeah, that's. And then that does seem strange. And they're self-titled after Brad died. That's when they released the videos for like Santeria. And I don't know. It's just kind of lame. I don't like those videos. Yeah, I don't like those videos at all. I don't like any of their videos. I don't like any videos they've done. They're all stupid, but but I feel like it was in kind of bad taste. Absolutely. Like superimposing them into the video. Especially like, I mean, I'll talk about it when we get to the Sublime one next. But yeah, this is this was fine. But like easily the best the best song on this is the Do and Time remix that they did with Farside the fuck i didn't yeah. even know this one dude <laughs> i didn't know that either i was so surprised <laughs> I, I, I so I, surprised i recognized the rapping and i was like this sounds like far side i was like no way was like this has got to be like a mashup <laughs> or something he's like no because they're talking about sublime and i don't remember that as a far side song i'm sure as shit like there they are dude yeah oh. it was pretty cool good shit they but and the, the cp they took a lot they i mean it's a little bit of everything from from the three eps i mean what is it four maybe five songs on the cp but it's it's stuff from everything from all three records so i don't know why they would call it the what i got ep when it's everything so i think whatever. it's just they're they're trying to get people to buy the album that just came out i know and th- this week just made me really realize like like how it seems like sublime had so little to do with the musical output it's sad with with all these comps and the live records like yeah it just they had like the, no control over their own nothing. music it sucks. It really sucks. Pathetic. Yeah. So fuck MCA. Fuck the record label. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So but the far side, the far side song was the best one for sure. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Next, next one's Sublime. Their self-titled '96. That's. Uh, oh man. For sure, they're most they're most popular. They're most famous. Oh, easily, easily. Um. Yeah, dude. Like the Santa Rita thing. Going back to that one. That was. That was in terrible taste. And then just some like things I was reading about Lou Dog, the, the Dalmatian, Brad's dog, some stories mm-hmm. about how many people that dog's bit and how much of a dick that dog <laughs> actually was. Yeah. Like that dog bit <laughs> so many people. So let's let me just go through the list, I guess, here real quick. So so <laughs> Z Man, who played the date rape uh date rapist, I guess, in the video date rape, bit yeah. him on the face and like busted oh, open shit. his lip and cost like five grand to get his lip repaired and like stitches and shit. Just because he was like bending over in like a afro doing something silly, and Lou Dog didn't like it, so he bit him. Fucking Lou Dog bit shit. Tommy Lister Jr. or Tiny, recently deceased, because he was in the Santeria video. Mm-hmm. Bit him because he was laying down, and and the director was like, "Let's put Lou Dog on like your back, and this will be like a shot." And and Miguel's like, "No, dude, Lou Dog's not gonna like that. Don't do that." And he's like, "No, it'll be <laughs> fine. It'll be fine. Put him on his back. Bit him in the fucking head." Tommy or yeah, Tommy didn't like that, so they kicked him off. And so some of the Dalmatian shots you see in the Santeria video aren't even Ludog. It's a it's a stand-in Dalmatian. What? No way. Yeah. So that's just that that just goes to show you how stupid that fucking video was. What a oh my god, that is bullshit. 
Yeah, that's stupid. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. And one of my favorite ones was from, uh, I guess, like, OC Register did this huge thing way back about Lou Dog. And, but he bit Gwen Stefani when she was wearing her <laughs> iconic, that Tragic Kingdom red dress. Yeah. He bit her when she was wearing that one. And then, I guess, it, like, oh tore it or God. something. So she put a little, like, a little heart patch right where Lou Dog bit her. <laughs> wow. That's insane. I didn't know. I mean, I knew I knew that was one of the reasons why they got kicked off of Warped Tour was because Lou Dog bit a bunch of people. Uh, like skaters and stuff, but damn, I didn't know he was that mean of a dog. He just, I guess, like he just really, really liked the band members. And if anybody did anything semi-aggressive around them, mm-hmm. then he would get aggressive. So he's a good yeah. like protecting guard dog. Well, he was what I read too. He was um, he res or Bradley rescued him as a puppy because he was abused. He was an abused puppy. Yeah. So that probably led to the to the anger issues and all that stuff, but. That's sad. That's sad stuff, man. But damn, that Dalmatians are, are are wild though, because I had a Dalmatian growing up too, and they're they're known for being they're like an aggressive breed, and a lot of people don't know that. And then they get Dalmatians, and they're super hyper, and they're they can be very aggressive if you don't train them properly. So, and but then, and then the, the, like when the Hundred One Dalmatians movie came out, everybody bought a Dalmatian, and we bought a Dalmatian. Um, and and I remember uh, the big issue back then was people were re- returning or abandoning their Dalmatians because of it, because they're just too wild. People are the worst. Yeah. As a kid, I've always wanted a Dalmatian because of Sublime and and Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. She was a cool dog too. Oh, dude, I can't wait till I get to my origin story with Sublime. It's so stupid. It's so funay Okay. Well, yeah, Sublime. They're self-titled. That's a. It's a fantastic album. It's it's. Oh, it's amazing. Dude, it's fucking good. It's. Uh, I don't. I, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll say it. It, it is. It is not my favorite mm-hmm. because I think it is not indicative of the Sublime sound. I think it's 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 almost there, but Sublime needs to be sloppy. They need to be raw. Yeah. They need to be janky. That's what Sublime did, and especially at this time, like Bradley was at his his jankiest, and this is like the opposite. Oh, yeah, this is this is like out. somebody came in. And like I said, like Miguel, the one longtime producer, he, there's parts that he sings because it, it either wasn't good enough or they needed more and Bradley mm-hmm. wasn't around. So he, he stepped in and and I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that part like this ain't no funky reggae party. I did. I swear Brad would have wanted a fucking reggae party. I think that's what Probably, he would have said. Yeah. But you can't put that as like your opening track because, you, you know, I don't know. Record labels don't like that. And I no, just not especially not at that time. I I I love this album because it's the songs are just too good, but I also really fucking hate this album. <laughs> because of how it was released and stuff. Yeah, no, I get it. I think this this album is just it's beyond good. It just every song is a fucking banger on on the self titled record. There's no there's honestly no bad song. Obviously San, Santeria and Wrong Way have been just overplayed. But they're still good songs. They really are. You can't you can't deny that. But I I don't really enjoy listening to them when you're at a bar and every fucking bar band plays it. Not even wrong way. Wrong, the Santeria, I agree with you. But wrong way, I could hear that song a million times and never be no, tired I, of it. But it's still overplayed. Come on, you, you have to admit it is wildly overplayed. Ah, uh, but it's 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 too good. It's good though. It's very good. Yeah. Santeria, I, I could I, I could do without. But that's but I, I love. I love that record. So, yeah. 
But are we, so we're not ranking them right now, or what are we? I, I'm confused. Okay, well, I, we can we can rank it right How now. This is do? this is my number three. Is your number three? Okay. Yeah, Sublime. Their okay. self title is my third favorite of theirs. Third best. So then, what's your what's your BB on? Well, this we'll one? get there. Oh, my BB on Sublime on their self titled on on their self titled. Yeah, uh, probably still Seed. I've I've liked Seed for a very long time. It's always gone back and forth between Seed and Jailhouse. I think mm-hmm. both of those Seed's so good are. But like my problem with 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 both of those songs is they don't they don't they don't capture like their their sound. So Seed is really cool because it's fucking fast. It's aggressive. It's like their thrash song, but mm-hmm. it's not sloppy enough. It's still pretty tight. And like going back to songs like New Thrash or even like Eben on our album of the week, some of that stuff is is very basic and very kind of loose and 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 sloppy. But yeah. but seeds not like that. But it's it's like that kind of in sound, but not in not in emotion. Mm-hmm. It's too polished. Yeah, I guess I'm trying. It's to a, say. Well, the whole record is very polished. And then and even then, a song like like Paddle Out. I mean, I love that song. It's not my favorite, but I mean that song would have been just put that on Robin Robin the Hood or, or Forty Ounces, and it would have sounded completely different. But on on the self titled record, I love that that kind of like swell that he does. When he transitions on the guitar, when he transitions from the verse to the chorus, it's just like, it's the coolest transition. I I don't know. It's so rad. It's so rad. And it's so simple. I love it. That's not your favorite? What's your favorite? Doing Time. Mm. I love Doing Time. I, really? I know it's basic for saying it because it's a single, but I've always loved that song. I love his voice on it. It's just so mellow and it's just it's just like a calming song and it's so catchy. I love that song. You know why it's Doing called Time's Do in Time, but they say summertime when the lemon's easy? Because of the zombie song? Because well the, Wait, it's it's a it's a it's from like a play, like Porgy and Bass or something. That song uh, part summertime. But they weren't allowed to use that hook because by the writer George Gershwin wouldn't let mm-hmm. him use it because he didn't want them to say do in time. He didn't want to. He didn't want to act like it's like a jail song, and so he said, "You can use it as long as you don't fucking say doing time." Oh, so that's I see t- what you The title is called "Doing yeah. Time," but that's but they actually say "Summertime," and I think "Summertime" oh. is one of the ones that that Miguel helped like overdub after Brad died to help fix any kind of problems. And not that I hate, not that I hate somebody else coming in and fixing somebody's music because there are two guys in the Sublime lore that I think are are super important, almost as important as like Bud and, and, and Eric themselves. Yeah. And that's, that's Marshall Goodman and, and then Miguel. Both of those guys yeah. have been there since like day one and have helped make sublime who they are today. And had it not been for either of them, we wouldn't even be talking about them. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. So okay. I don't mind that part. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll get more into them once we get into 40 ounces. So, yeah. so then what, what do we have after, uh, after it's self-titled, uh, the Bad Fish EP. This is oh, yeah. this is just another EP song of songs we've heard. Whatever these see, like again, the, these EPs just seem like an attempt to hold interest or like re-release big songs to get more attention. Yeah, and I hated that. That's that's annoying. But Green Day did it. We're walking to paradise, but that's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different. <laughs> oh, but yeah. also, like, but these two EPs, they're just like the songs that they choose aren't even like they're very good they're not even that good of songs you know they're just people like gush over both of them though bad fish and then what i got those two I songs i know those I are know. good songs 
what I got's great. Those are just yeah. really well written songs with great structures, great melodies. Lyrics are super easy to remember. Like everything about those mm. songs are just written to be bangers, to be radio hits. Those are Feldman songs. Yeah, I mean they're they radio hits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but they're huge. They're huge on at least on on radio stations here in California. Like we we came to this realization when we did Sublime one time, where like they really weren't that popular outside of the West Coast. Man, that irritates me too. <laughs> it's so weird. Because it's all people fucking talk about here is Sublime. People love Sublime here. They're it's too insane. Good. They're too good. They're fantastic. Too cool for school. Yeah, Badfish EP, whatever. I don't really care about that much. Yeah. Um, the next one is Robin the Hood, 94. This was uh, this was their clap back to 40 ounces to freedom. This was people saying that they sold out and they used to be, you guys used to be fucking cool, man. And they released <laughs> uh, 40 ounces to freedom and everything was recorded to like a really shitty tape and they did it all in-house and... There wasn't, uh, it was just very raw. Oh, dude, I love this record. And like, I wanted to do 40 Ounces to Freedom this week because it's for us, for sure, it's the forgotten record. Like, we always, like, Robin the Hood's untouchable. And but yeah, you can't find Sublime's it. too easy. Everybody likes that. But 40 Ounces to Freedom doesn't get enough credit. It's, it's like the, it's got it's like, wild card. it's got like two or three big hits on it that people know, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't get dove into enough. And that's why I wanted to do it. But Robin Hood is still okay. my favorite album. It's their best album. It's I, I'm with you. It can't. is their best. I I I I I tried to like plant the seed that I was going to say Forty Ounces to Freedom was my best album, my favorite I album. I knew it wasn't. <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I mean, because that's just stupid to say that. To say that Forty it's Ounces so is good, though. It's is so better than Robin Hood. It's so fucking good. But Robin so the Hood is good. just uh, everything that I've <laughs> talked about. How much like why I like Sublime. You can hear it in, in in Robin the Hood. Robin the Hood. It's their yeah. it's their their jankiness. It's their disconnect with each other. But it's also kind of like the way they just jam with each other. The way they just want to have fun. The way they just want to play music that they like. They don't really give a fuck about anything else. The poor sound mm-hmm. quality, but like the better musicianship. Everything about that album is just absolutely fucking perfect. Yeah, absolutely. It it and it seems less like the the Bradley Show. Like it feels because there's more instrumentals on this one. Actually, there's no instrumentals on on Forty Ounces. I don't think. No, there aren't. Mm-mm. And this is like where kind of the band gets to shine more, you know, because there are the instrumentals and it's more jammy. And dude, I fucking love Robin the Hood. Well, this it's, is this is also the first perfect. time the band has released an album that it was like just the band. Like Bud was going through some s- extreme shit during Forty Ounces mm-hmm. to Freedom, and that's why they had the other dude, Marshall Goodman, come in. And lay down yeah. most of the drum tracks, which we'll get into. But yeah, Robin the Hood mm-hmm. was like the first time the band really was a band. And that's yeah, why it's just on record it's it so is. groovy. It is, man. It is so good. I love this. Uh so what's your what's your BB on this one? Biggest banger. Oh, I didn't even write a biggest banger. Um well mm-hmm. I you know I can off the top of your head off, then. Off the cuff here. I'm so mm, it's hard because I really, really, really like Saw Red. When he does it with Gwen, oh, dude, it's so good. I yeah. think I think those two like it sucks, man. They could have had such a cool collaborative career, no doubt. And Sublime, headlining oh, tours, yeah. selling out millions. Ah, oh, dude, it could have been so <laughs> fucking cool. But I think I think Lincoln Highway dub because oh, I love that song because of just how like how good it is. And then mm-hmm. they went on to say like they, even they knew that it was really fucking good, so they redid it and then wrote lyrics and then. 
it blew up even bigger than it probably should have been. <laughs> but then if you notice in the beginning of the Santeria video, when they turn mm-hmm. on the TV, the very per- the very first part where he says like this was part of the Lincoln Highway dub, that thing, that little line. Oh, they do. That do first do. part of it is said in the video and then it cuts and then it starts with the Santeria. <laughs> so, I that's, that's so a cool, cool throwback. But I think I think Lincoln Highway dub just because Dude, it's just so groovy. It's just mm-hmm. I love Brad's really voice is. and I love the way he sings, but damn, they can they they just kill it when they just when he just mm-hmm. shuts up and they just jam. And like on Free Loop dub, oh, that's my that's my favorite instrumental on the record. It's not my favorite song, but it's my favorite instrumental. Free Loop Free Loop dub, that bass like that. Do 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 do. It's yeah. so cool and just like the 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 keyboard playing in that. Oh my god, dude, I fucking love that song. But my favorite is Cisco Kid. It's my that's my favorite Sublime song is Cisco Kid. Uh, that it's just it's so heavy and so minimal. I don't know how a song could be so heavy and offer so little to make it heavy. It's it's such an interesting song and it's so slow, and it just kind of like not I don't want to say drones, but it kind of like I don't know, I can't even explain it. It's just a very unique song. This is very and it's basic. Just, it's basic and it's so janky. <laughs> there, there, there are parts in that song like where Bradley just starts coughing and they like they they distort his coughing. It's super weird. And then all the um, the sound bites from like I don't from the movie. Now when when the cat comes in and it's just so fucking loud in the mix, it's very jarring and it, it just just startles you. It it's so bizarre and why why they would think to even put that in the song is weird and. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And then they, what's cool too is like there's parts in the song where they're shooting guns and in the sound clip, but the guy, I don't know who DJs on the song, but they, uh, they, they, they like scratch the, the bullet. So like it, it like almost like back masks it. It's super weird. But yeah, I fucking love Cisco Kid. That's the, that's Sublime's best song by far. Best song. That's, I mean, and the Raleigh's soliloquy. That's, that's hard to, it's hard to make a case that, that Cisco Kid is their best <laughs> song. I mean, that's, it's a little bit silly, but it's no, it's good. But it is their best song. It's their best song. And there's no guitar either. There's no guitar. Uh, yeah, and the Raleigh soliloquy. Can't forget that. Yeah, that's back uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in your room, Raleigh. Back out. God, that guy. Take your fucking arm off, <laughs> dude. That that orderly, whoever that was, that guy's a completely handles the situation so inappropriately and so terribly. Yeah. He's such a douche. <laughs> but it made for good, uh, dude. It's so good funny. thematics, I guess. It's oh, good stuff. Man. Good stuff. Yeah, Robin the Hood is, is is their best, but I don't want to talk about Robin Hood anymore. Okay, yeah. So what what do we got? What do we got next? It's got. Well, I'll talk about a little bit more. Actually, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too because Robin the Hood is usually like the overlooked album by Sublime, mm-hmm. but like that's all we ever talk about is like Robin the Hood and then a little bit of. They're self-titled, then a little, even more little bitter of 40 Ounces to Freedom. And that's why I wanted to do it this week, because it is really fucking good. No, it makes sense. Makes did you sense. say Did you say what ranking your self-titled was, or do you want to save that till? I already gave my ranking for the self-titled, because we both did. Oh, okay. So Didn't, so, didn't we? So I, I say it was my third, be- my third best. Oh, yeah, I said it was my second best. Oh, damn, so you don't like 40 Ounce to Freedom. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, 40 Ounce to Freedom, 92. That's our album of the week. We'll just skip that for now. And then uh, yeah. the the Jaw Won't Pay the Bills. This is 1991. This is, like, essentially, like, their demo. 
that they mm-hmm. were releasing. Some of the songs here were from their their cassette demos from Skunk Records, and like everything here just seems a little slower and less punk than yeah, what we absolutely. are used to in Sublime, but it's still good. Like Brad's vocals are way different here. He seems to be like singing more in a like a Danzig way, that kind of crooning yeah, voice, so. and. Yeah. And like the new realization demo and like the date rape demo, both of those are very, very different and they're slower. And I don't, I don't like them like that. I I did not like them either. Don't, don't, don't dig it. (laughs) I thought they really sucked. It was just, it was like on their own, they're fine. But knowing, knowing what they will become is is just like, okay, I, that's cool. I I, I get it. It's fine. I honestly, I didn't really like this comp that much. I was pretty bored. This is the first thing I put on. And uh, yeah. Or no, no. This is after the EPs. This is the first thing I put on. And I just did not care for it at all. Like I thought it was just kind of boring, to be honest. The ball and chain demo was kind of cool. But outside of that, I didn't care for it. But the the, the story behind it was cool where the there's a, there's a kid from UC San Domingos where the LA Galaxy play, actually. And um, they, I guess he liked the band. So he said, you know, you could use the recording studio after hours. So they would sneak in at like 930 at night and then trespass and then record all night until early in the morning. And then they take off again. (laughs) And that's how they recorded this, this demo, I guess you could say, or this comp. And then they said, oh, yeah, it was probably like $30,000 worth of studio time they got for free just for breaking in. But they're doing that story's kind of cool. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it's impressive that, you know, they were able to, like, engineer it and do all that kind of, and, and produce it and do it all by themselves for, like, the first thing that they've ever done. But outside of that, the songs, I feel, are kind of weak for the most part. Yeah, there, there was only really two songs that I that I liked, like, a lot. One was the Ball and Chain demo yeah. um, for one reason, and we'll get into that later. But the other one was uh, had, a, had a DAT, had a D-A-T. Okay, yeah. Whatever the, I don't know what that stands for, but... That that was like my favorite it, one. That was that I think like a dat is um I think it's like a recording, like tape or something or mastering tape, I think. Digital audio tape. Yeah, digital audio tape. That's what it is. Yeah. Literally, just I looked at dat and it sounded <laughs> nice. Because I know Billy Corgan's been talking. What does it about even it mean digital audio tape? Like what? The, this is like three of the most generic just music words thrown I think together. It, I think at this. I think at the time the dats were like the thing that they were moving on from analog tape to this. Cause I know Billy Corgan was talking about it uh, recently when he was talking about remixing the Machina record. And he said some of the songs were, were from Dats and they're having issues uh, processing or like remixing those for whatever reason. So that's the only reason why I've heard of it oh, well, that's, because of Billy yeah. Corgan. Good old smashing pumpkins. Yeah. Good. I mean, just, you, you, we can't get by without talking about Billy Corgan, Tom DeLonge. Are we adding him to the list now? Is that do we just add He's another member be, to the list? I, I did, yeah. The, the list of mentionables. A, can you imagine a supergroup with Omar, Tom, and and uh, Billy Corgan? Dude, they, It'd be they awful. Would, they would all, yeah, they would all think that <laughs> everyone else is like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, exactly true, and it would be terrible. But no, that but had a dat. That's my favorite one from there. It has a very suicidal sounding. Like thrash ska mm-hmm. sound, and yeah. I think that's cool. That was fun, but yeah, overall it was it was okay. It was okay, okay at best. Is that? Is that? Is that? 
Yeah, all so right. that's that's all of them. Didn't really rank them except for just the, the three. And uh, of course, Tyler doesn't like Forty Ounce Freedom because fuck good. <laughs> he likes fucking Santeria and what I got remix too much. So all right, so what do we got? So yeah, so uh, stay stay tuned for the main episode where we get into Forty Ounces of Freedom. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this little kind of ranking. We usually don't do it this way, but you know what are you gonna do? So that's it. That's all. Stay tuned.